A lot has happened in the past two months. We've moved from the end of the 2022 season through a good portion of the hot stove, and now we're heading to a new season. Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Happy New Year. And more significantly, Merry Ninth Day of Christmas. Since the last episode of In the Bullpen, which was on Reformation Day, The Houston Astros were crowned 2022 world champions. The city of New York kept one of its superstars and lost another. Carlos Correa has agreed to two huge contracts. Trevor Bauer has been reinstated. And the Texas Rangers appear to mean business in 2023. Whenever the calendar turns from one year to another, it is often the case that we both look back to what has happened, and we look forward to what we anticipate happening in the coming year. Whenever we do this, one thing remains the same. We're doing so through the perspective of where we find ourselves at that time. For us today, that means January 2nd, 2023. And I want in this episode both to look back and to look forward to do so as it regards this podcast and as it regards baseball. In the last podcast, which was October 31st, I mentioned that I did not know whether In the Bullpen would continue, that that episode may have been the last one. And in doing so, many of you reached out, and and I appreciate your words of encouragement, saying that you hoped that it could continue, that you enjoyed it, and the like. And then in early December, it became apparent that the Lord had provided the opportunity to continue this, this podcast and to do so in 2023. That's what's happened there. In baseball, it's been very busy since October 31st. And though Christmas to New Year's, Christmas Day to New Year's Day, or maybe Christmas Eve to New Year's Day, is always the slowest week in baseball. And that's not only at the major league level as it regards news and transactions, but really throughout baseball at all levels. That week is when things slow down. It's now January 2nd. And things are about to get busy again and in a big way. As a matter of fact, some of those things may start happening this afternoon. But again, let's go back. What has happened? As I mentioned, about five days after the last episode of In the Bullpen, the Houston Astros won the World Series. From my perspective, that's news. But the big deal for me is that Dusty Baker won his first World Series as a manager. Remember, he did win one as a player with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Also, since the end of October, Aaron Judge kind of made his rounds. In particular, there seemed to be a lot of uh, effort by the Giants to sign him, but he made his rounds, tested the market, and then agreed to a huge contract with the New York Yankees. So he's not going anywhere. He's staying there with the Yankees, and also since then has been named team captain. Across town, however, Jacob deGrom did not stay with the Mets. He signed with Texas. 
and it sure appears that the Rangers are in it to win it in 2023. So the Mets lose Jacob deGrom, but then they go out and they sign Justin Verlander. And so JV now joins his former teammate, Max Scherzer, in New York with the Mets, hoping to accomplish what they were unable to do so when they were teammates last with the Tigers, and that is win a World Series. And then a situation that is one of the strangest that I can remember for quite some time, the situation with Carlos Correa. A couple of weeks ago, the announcement was made that Correa and the San Francisco Giants agreed to a contract, and it was a huge contract. I remember reading the details of it and thinking to myself, man, I get it. He's an elite Major League Baseball player, but whew, I'm not sure I'd give him this contract. Well, it doesn't matter what I think. But then I think about 24 hours or less before there was going to be the announcement publicly in a press conference of this deal, the Giants are looking at a phys- the results of his physical, in particular an old ankle injury, and they say, ah, we're a little concerned. Well, while they're trying to figure out what to do, Scott Boros negotiates with the Mets, and the Mets agree to a huge contract with Carlos Correa. But then the Mets are looking at his physical, and they start to have some concerns. And here we are now on January 2nd, and as of about 10 o'clock this morning, nobody knows what's going on with Correa. I mean, somebody does, but I don't, and many people in the public uh, baseball world don't know. Is he going to end up signing that contract with the Mets? Will he go somewhere else? I don't know. Again, we might find out later today, but it's been a while. It's amazing. So these are just some of the things that have happened in the last couple of months. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of all of the signings and all of the deals that have occurred during the very hot, hot stove league. Another thing that's happened over the last couple of months is I have received communication from all of you, as I have mentioned, but in this case, communication about one thing. A number of you have asked questions about whether a particular segment would be a part of the 2023 in the bullpen episodes. And you've expressed the fact that you enjoy this segment. And I'm glad. I'm glad because you enjoy it, but I also enjoy it a lot. And it is a segment that looks back at great events in baseball history. And as I mentioned, I like it as well. Now, I cannot guarantee how often this segment will be a part of each In the Bullpen episode, but I guarantee you that I will not put it somewhere in a vault in 2023. And I can also guarantee this, that in the first episode of 2023, we're going to bring it out of the vault. So here you go.
date was October 21st, 1975. The location, Fenway Park in Boston. The situation, Game 6 of the World Series, the Cincinnati Reds leading that series three games to two. Carlton Fisk hits that home run, a 1-0 pitch from Pat Darcy, in the 12th inning to walk it off for the Red Sox to win and to send it to a Game 7. Now the home run by itself given the circumstances, would go down in history as one of the most memorable in World Series play ever. But there was something more to it. And this was before you had 17,000 camera angles and all that, but a camera caught Fisk shuffling down the first baseline as the ball is in flight. Now here's the thing. He hit the ball so well that he knew, undoubtedly, this is a home run if it stays fair. And you see Fisk waving, willing the ball. And ultimately, it hits the foul pole, or as some people would say, the fair pole, and it's gone. And this is one of the best World Series games in history in the minds of many people, and I would agree. But it was also a very good World Series. Boston won Game 1, 6-0. The Reds won Game 5, 6-2. But the other five games were all decided by one run, including Game 7, when the Reds Reds won the Game 4-3, and of course, the Series 4-3. And of those five one-run games, two of them, Game 6 you just heard, but also Game 3, were extra innings. Now the funny thing is, is I remember back, let's say in the 80s, that a number of people, if they were asked who won the 1975 World Series, would say, oh, the the, the Red Sox did. And they had that response because Game 6 and Carlton Fisk's home run was etched into their memories. But of course, the Reds won the World Series. Pete Rose was named MVP of that series. But Carlton Fisk hit that memorable home run. For me, in my youth, the most memorable World Series moment that I ever remember at all growing up. Fisk was inducted into Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame in 2000. And what brought this to my mind, last week was his 75th birthday. So that's looking back a little bit. But what about what's coming up? Well, one thing that's coming up is this. The St. Louis Cardinals as a team and as an organization and its fan base are going to have to see what it is like to play a season without Yadier Molina as their catcher, as their leader. And for some Cardinal fans, they they don't know a time. Young Cardinal fans, this is completely new to them. And that's going to be something that is going to be interesting to watch. Something else, completely different than the Yadier Molina situation, what's going to happen with Trevor Bauer? About three days before Christmas, uh, a moderator determined to reinstate Trevor Bauer immediately. But, and I find this interesting and strange and a bit confusing, though he is now eligible, he's reinstated, he can play right now, he can go to spring training, he can play the season, he still does not receive his salary for the first 50 games of 2023. Again, I'm not, I don't get that. But here's the situation. He is currently under contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. He signed that big three-year deal with them before all of of this happened. The Dodgers have to make a determination, make a decision, before Friday, Epiphany, 
about whether or not they are going to retain the contract of Trevor Bauer or let him go. I believe they're going to let him go. I do not think. I think they're going to cut ties. Now, given his suspension plus these 50 games of 2023 where he doesn't draw a salary, even though the Dodgers are going to have to pay a good amount to release Bauer, they have saved a ton of money because of his suspension. If the Dodgers indeed cut ties, then the question becomes, for me at least, will anybody else, will any of the other 29 teams take a chance on Trevor Bauer? I don't know the answer to that. I am fairly confident that the Dodgers will not retain Bauer. And I'm not so confident that there will be even one team to give him a contract, to give him a chance. We'll have to wait and see. Now, in the final episode of 2022, in which I thought it might be the final episode of In the Bullpen, I mentioned that if we had In the Bullpen again in 2023, one of the episodes that might be a part of 2023 would be titled In Defense of Trevor Bauer. Now, let me clarify a couple of things. One, that is not in defense of his actions. They were abominable. He needs to repent. He needs to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be forgiven of them. I'm not defending that. The defense would be not his actions, but the actions taken against him by Major League Baseball. And the problem that I have is that Major League Baseball, it it doesn't appear that in the court of law, definitely not in the court of law, and it doesn't even appear in the court, if you will, of Major League Baseball, that it can be demonstrated or proven that what Trevor Bauer did, which again was abominable in the eyes of God, was not consensual. And Major League Baseball preaches and has been preaching again and again and again and again and again, completely unbiblically, completely flatly wrong, but nonetheless, that as it regards sexual matters, consent is everything. Well, if consent is everything, and they can't demonstrate that there was a lack of consent, then they have had no business doing to Trevor Bauer what they have done to Trevor Bauer. Now, I have to get a lot more information before I make that defense, and I'm not sure I'll get enough to do so, but it is something that's definitely uh, on the back burner, if you will, in my mind. Moving away a minute from Major League Baseball, do you realize this? Some of you do. There are some college baseball teams who will begin their season this month. Baseball at a high level, because college is a high level. No, it's not professional. It's not major league, but it's still a very very high level of play. Some teams will start playing this month. Next month, spring training will start. It will get underway. Also, coming up very soon this spring, something we haven't seen for a while because of our obscene reaction in response to covid the World Baseball Classic. That will be fun to watch. Major League Baseball's opening day is less than 90 days away. And remember, in 2023, the game will be played with some new rule changes in place. Something that I know is going to happen throughout this year is the debate will continue. It will continue to rage. Over the fundamental question of this, is the direction of the game, and most people are talking about Major League Baseball, but I would say the direction of the game from Major Leagues to Little Leagues, is the direction of the game a good one? Are we moving in the right direction? Here's a question that many people have asked over the last couple of weeks. Is Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, is Steve Cohen good for the game of baseball, or is he destroying the game of baseball? 
I read this a couple of weeks ago from Not Gaetti on Twitter. And he was tweeting about Joey Gallo, an outfielder, who signed a one-year deal with the Minnesota Twins. And he tweeted this. $11 million for a career 199 hitter with 471 hits and 1,048 strikeouts. This insanity is literally everything that's wrong with baseball in the 2020s. Those debates are going to continue. For me, is Steve Cohen good for the game or is he destroying it? I say Steve Cohen is good for the game. What about not Gaetti's tweet? Well, I disagree with him here. It's not literally everything that's wrong with baseball in the 2020s, but I would agree it's insanity to give a 199 lifetime hitter who strikes out two and a half times more than he gets hits an $11 million contract. This is nothing against Joey Gallo. I don't know the man. And for him personally, I'm happy he can get such a contract. I just don't get why anybody would offer him that contract. Now, many people who would be classified old school are upset about the direction of the game. I almost certainly would be classified by others as old school. And in many cases, myself and others like me are simply classified that way because we're old. But I would agree with many of the concerns that many of the so-called old school baseball people have. I think they're legitimate concerns. And if an old school person, whether it's a former player, a former coach, manager, just a fan, people that are so-called old school that listen to this podcast are going to like many things that I say this year, many things that I've said in the past. However, many of those would jump ship quickly from cheering me on because of what I'm about to say. I have many problems and concerns about how the game of baseball is run. And I have them not only at the major league level, but all the way down to the little leagues. I have problems and concerns about the way the game is often played, or some might say not played. I have problems where this all seems to be headed. However, my answer to these issues isn't fundamentally about reducing strikeouts, though I think that's a problem. It isn't fundamentally about solving the problem of too much dictating to managers and coaches, too much dictating from those that look into a computer screen rather than into the eyes of the players who play the game. Though that is a problem and may be a bigger problem than I even realized until recently. My answer to all that plagues our great game, from major leagues to little leagues, begins with Christ. As I've mentioned, I'm in a baseball chat group. We've been silent the last couple of months, more or less. But I received a a text from somebody or part of the chat who's in that group who heard the final In the Bullpen episode of 2022 when I said I wasn't sure if there would be In the Bullpen in 2023. And he wrote and he said, Are you saying you're contemplating walking away from the podcast because of changes to the game? Will you be done watching Major League Baseball if that's the case? And I responded, Though the idea of being done with Major League Baseball is one that I believe may be necessary in time, I'm not there yet. Now, I want to add to that this. Even if I get there with Major League Baseball, even if I say, you know what, i got to be done with it. I can't support it. I can no longer watch it. If the Lord allowed, I would continue this podcast. 
And I would do so because if Major League Baseball continues down the path that it appears to be on, a path of in-your-face rebellion against King Jesus, I will stop watching. I will stop supporting Major League Baseball or any level of baseball that is doing that. However, I will not stop discussing baseball from a biblical perspective, if I'm allowed to do so. And calling those who run the game, again at all levels, play the game, cover the game, to kiss the sun. The Apostle Paul concludes his glorious doctrinal section of chapters 1-11 through in Romans with these words, For from him, and through him, and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Now, for those of you that don't know Greek, all things means this, all things. And that includes the game of baseball at every level, with everyone involved, from Little League players and their parents to Hall of Famers. And it's time, it's past time, more involved with the game, recognized and rejoiced in this truth. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.